through really taking action on what you are excited by, what you're curious about, what's like lighting you up, that's generally like what leads you to find your mission. Well, hello. Welcome to Brand Therapy. From Morocco, I'm Phil. And from Los Angeles, I'm Lauren. Every time we do this, people are going to be like, guess where Lauren is? (laughs) Lauren's in LA. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in Morocco this week. In fact, we haven't talked very much this week because I'm like writing my speaking engagements and gearing up for conference season. But you know what? We're going to have a good little podcast episode today. I feel like if people pick this episode to listen to, they picked a good one. Yeah, this is our first new format episode with an expert. It is. Yeah. It is. And I'm excited to do this. And maybe we should tell people very quickly why we started doing this. So many episodes prior, actually all 42 episodes prior, we've gotten someone on the phone and they've asked us a very specific question to help us answer them to help them build their brand. But this is our first expert. So Lauren and I decided, actually, we spend a lot of time giving people advice why don't we position ourselves to also have conversations as part of this with experts so that we can learn from others and dive deeper on topics, particularly ones that people ask us about. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. So for this episode, we're speaking with Emily Gallagher. And not only is Emily one of our good friends, but she's an amazing, amazing leader. She runs these programs and gets hundreds of people to sign up and has built a community for herself, teaching people how to really become their own wellness experts. So this whole episode is focused around the concept of building a community and rallying a crowd, which is pretty cool. She's really consistent on Instagram. She's really, really good at selling but not in an icky way. So I feel like when it comes to community building, Emily's really, really smart. So we're going to learn how to build our tribes today from Emily. Shall we get to this very exciting premiere expert episode? Let's go. Let's do it. Here's our chat with Emily Gallagher. Well, so there's a few reasons we have you on the phone. We're excited to have you because you've helped us in a number of ways. And even deciding on the angle for this episode, Lauren and I were like, there's so many things we could talk to her about. We'll probably touch on all of them. But the thing that brings it all together is how to build your tribe. Even when I hear that word, I think of you. I literally think of you. Like that is your word. That is what you do. Everything that you've helped us with extends from that idea of building your tribe. Am I wrong? Not I usually. That. No. Right? <laughs> I love that. I love that you think of me when you hear that. Makes me very happy. What does that word mean to you? How would you define it or even describe the role that that word plays in your own business? Yeah. I mean, I think that that word can be subbed out for lots of different words. You know, it's ultimately like community, it's connection, it's people, it's relationships, it's environment. Like, I feel like those are all synonyms in terms of what we're really talking about. And, you know, people will relate to that differently. But for me, it's really about you are who you're around. Your community is so important. And especially when you're like building a business and creating connections, being able to firstly have your own tribe, your own community of people that are inspiring, that are connected, that are creating, that are pulling you up, that are, you know, you and I and all three of us have all supported each other with our own businesses, you know, like being able to have that back and forth in your tribe is so crucial. And then also when you can build a tribe around your brand, your message, build your own community. It's a really powerful force to build your business and to build something really meaningful too, I think. 
So I want to know, and I want to know honestly, have you always had the ability to get people behind a cause? Like, have you always been the person who has a good idea and can get everyone on board? Or is this something that you learned over time? I think it's definitely something I've learned over time. I don't really feel like that was who I was growing up necessarily. I think it really happened to me when I, like I always knew I wanted my business and I got into like network marketing. And I think that was really the first time that I kind of like saw like, okay, this would be a way that I would build this. And this is what would be fun for me would to be like, have a community around me to kind of build the team energy and what I'm doing. And I feel like that was when it really started. So really only when I started my sort of entrepreneurial journey, did that become something that I placed at the forefront and I guess started actively doing. I don't really think it was before then, to be honest. I love that because whenever I hear about things like tribe, I'm like, well, the person leading the tribe likely is very gregarious and kind and inspiring and people like always have loved them because you are like just so warm and lovable. And I'm like, well, easy for that person. But for someone who's more reserved, that would be a lot harder. Firstly, thank you. It's very sweet of you. <laughs> it's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> the thing is, is that like, I feel like we live in this culture too, where like extrovert is like being an extrovert is like this revered status. Whereas a lot of people aren't extroverts. Even myself, I don't even think I'm a full extrovert. Like I in quieter spaces, I like to have a lot of alone time. That's a huge part of what I need to thrive and survive. And so there's lots of communities that don't necessarily relate to being built a certain way. So if you're slightly more reserved or you're slightly more introverted, you can still build tribe and community and you would have a special source for the people that are seeking that kind of community. Do you know what I mean? Like not all connection and communities and tribes are the same. Different kinds of experiences relate to different people. So I think if you feel like, oh, I am that person that's a little more reserved, but I still want to have these connections, of course you can. It would just work differently and that's perfect. It doesn't need to look a specific way for it to feel good, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love it. And so where does it all start? Does it start with a cause or a purpose or something that kind of gets people behind you? Where does it begin? Yeah, I think that that's really crucial because I think that if we think about what really drives people and what builds community, there has to be a thread, right? So it's like, what is that thread that is like bringing people truly together? And because when we're building community and tribe, the center point isn't you, you know, like as someone who builds tribe or builds community, it's it's not like, hey, this is me, come and hang out with me. Or like, this is the community that's about me. Like that's not appealing to people, you know? So what's that common theme? So if it's a cause, if it's a mission, if it's a message, if it's a purpose, you know, whatever it is, like I do think there has to be that essential point for people to relate to and to, to be like, oh yeah, this is a community for me because this is really what it's about. You know, that's not about someone, but it's about something. So how do you think people create a mission? What would your advice be on finding that mission? I honestly think that it changes. I don't necessarily think we have one purpose and one mission necessarily. I myself am in like a transitional space right now where I feel like, oh, you know, I'm interested in different things and that the past pivots. So I don't think that you necessarily have one thing because I think that sometimes that can be really overpowering for people and also overwhelming. Like, how do I find my mission? Like, what is my mission statement? And I think that can be really helpful to do. Don't get me wrong. But I think that sometimes it can also get in the way of people taking action. And I find that through really taking action on what you are excited by, what you're curious about, what's lighting you up, that's generally like what leads you to find your your mission. Because I think people try to do it from the outset without really knowing 
what they're looking for. And then it's overwhelming because it's like, I don't know what their mission is. I don't know what their purpose is. So I think like truly just following what keeps lighting you up and being curious about your excitement and what you're passionate about will generally lead you to groups, events, experiences, roles, you know, businesses, whatever that's going to unveil to you your mission essentially. Now, if someone said to me, put into words, what Emily does the best, <laughs> the th- yeah, I know, the thing that I would honestly say is uh-huh. taking action. It's taking <laughs> action. How many times have you said to me, stop and just post it or stop and do it or stop and finish it. Stop trying to make it perfect. Just publish it. Specifically, it wasn't for you. And well, the force of you and Lauren, let's be honest. Uh-huh. If it wasn't for the two of you saying, just do it, I would have never launched Super Rich Small Biz, my program, which we've now done twice. And it's been wonderful. It's been amazing. Uh, I would have never done it because I wanted to wait until it was perfect. And I didn't wait. Yeah. And so now I'm okay with so it. I'm at peace with it, right? So what's your advice to people who suffer from perfection paralysis, who have trouble taking action? Because there's a lot of reasons people don't take action. Distraction, lack of focus, all these kinds of things. What's your advice? Yeah, on a live stream with someone the other day who asked me this exact same question. And I always think it's like a spectrum, you know, that we all sit in like from perfection to kind of messy, I guess you could say. I feel like I've always been more on the spectrum of just, I need to stop for a second and have like, maybe just reread the page to make sure there's no spelling mistakes or whatever. I then put it up because my mentality is just like getting it done is better than perfect. So, you know, I don't really suffer from the perfectionist thing, but I also have to make sure I take that extra time. It's really one of those things that like, until, like you just said, you had all of this energy around like, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. I'm not ready. And now you've done it twice and it's neutralized and you feel good. And now you will move forward with your next project with less attachment to waiting for that perfect space or for it to be, you know, quote unquote perfect, which to be honest is unrealistic because most people don't even know what perfect even looks like or feels like. It's just this reason of like, but I'm not there now. It's not ready now. I'm not ready yet. But it's a perpetual conversation that they never really get to. Okay, now it's perfect. So I think you just have to retrain yourself to lean in. Okay, everything inside of me is feeling like it's not ready, but like putting it out, like and just retraining yourself like you've done. Because then the next time you go to your next project, you're going to be like, well, I put that one out and it went perfectly fine. So you have a new anchor point. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For how to operate moving forward. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Just fucking ship it. Just do it. Like, <laughs> what have you got to lose? I think is a good metric. It's just usually like a fear of, not meeting a certain standard or someone judging it or whatever, but it's like, you're always your own harshest critic. So just get it out there. Success loves speed is a good mantra as well. <laughs> oh, success loves speed. I like that. The second thing I was going to say to you is that you're very consistent. There's no one that I know who posts on Instagram stories as consistently as you. How do you find time to do it? <laughs> or how do you just find things to talk about? I'm like, what do people want to hear from me today? I don't even know. And I end up not posting, but you do that very well as well. Well, I hang out with a lot of people that post a lot. I think that probably helps. Like I'm not even the most consistent poster out of the friends that I have. But again, I think it's just like, you know, the building that habit and then like not being attached to an outcome. Like I post lots of stuff that no one would probably care about. or It's not, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I posted that, but I did. And again, you just get into this habit of just sharing things without attachment or needing it to be perfect or needing it to have an outcome or needing it to be X, Y, and Z for it to be like worthy, quote unquote, 
of being posted. And, you know, I think for me as well, Instagram, for example, like drives a lot of my business. It's a great way of building tribe as well. Like I've built so many amazing people in this space through being connected on Instagram. So it is a beautiful vehicle for lots of other things. And I think that that makes it more motivating for me to do as well. So you find the right reasons, then you'll create the right actions, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So when you find your mission, you start building your tribe, you find something to sell that's successful, like a program or service. How do you keep that tribe satisfied without feeling like a salesperson? How do you keep things fresh and continue to sell to people who are trusting you without feeling uncomfortable? (laughs) Yes, this is a great question. And one that I get asked a lot, just in terms of like people's comfortability, I guess, with sales. I think it's like when you truly know that your work is beneficial for people and helpful for people, like if you're building a tribe of people around a message and around a mission, essentially these are people that are coming into your space because you have something that they want or that they need or that they are looking for. So you're actually serving them by being able to support them in creating that. You know, people have this fear of being salesy and it's like when you're truly connected to the things that you do and the service that you provide... And you're providing value in between there. Like, yeah, do I think you should get on Instagram or wherever every day and like ask someone to buy something? No. But if you're genuinely building relationship with people in the meantime, and you're showing up and you're adding value, then I think it's only right and only fair that you actually give people that opportunity to know how to work with you, to know how you can support them. They need what you're doing. So by holding it back, I don't think you're actually serving them at all. And again, it's again, it's just that level of practice you know, getting good at sales is practice, getting good at posting, like all of these things are just practices. So I think it's just like finding also the way that feels good for you to enroll, like your own natural way of inviting people to work with you is also important as well. You know, when it just feels natural and you're just inviting people, then it feels good and people are grateful. And how do you put a price on that? Put a price on what specifically? How do you put a price on what you're selling and the value of what you're selling if it's intangible, but you believe in it? Yeah. Again, a good question. And this one I think is one of the things is it has to be resonant to you. So like when it comes to services, there's such a variance in what's being offered that someone could say, oh, charge $10,000 for this, but you only feel resonant with charging two. If you try to charge 10, you're probably not going to get anyone, even though that person might get people for 10. You have to really find the price that you feel resonant with and you can change and put up your prices. But you said the perfect word there, which is value. And I think that really looking at the value that you're creating for the clients, because what I see a lot of people do is think about, you know, let's take your course, for example. It's like, you know, it was like six or eight weeks or something. So you go, okay, so they get this many calls and they get the Facebook group and they get XYZ time with me. And so that would be like, how much do I roughly think that would be worth? And that's often how people price their, their offerings as opposed to thinking, okay, this person comes in with this level of business, they learn all of this stuff from you guys, they go out, they implement and they take massive action on those learnings. You've changed the entire trajectory of their business and their life and their earning potential and their skills and, and what they can then create with that. Looking at that difference as opposed to like what you're actually providing in terms of services is going to make it way easier for you to price what it's actually worth. Does that make sense? Yes, I love that. Yeah big difference for people. So that's where I would definitely say is look at the actual value that you're creating, the result, the result that you're actually creating in that person's life as opposed to like 
the actual services you're finding. Like, oh, they're getting five phone calls or they're getting a one-on-one or they're getting X, Y, Z. It's like, no, what they're actually getting is the result of all the things that you're actually providing for them and the totally different life that they'll have because of that. And that is what you're actually creating and it will help you feel really like resonant and yeah, this is the value that I'm creating. These are the results that I'm driving for you. And it's also really powerful for you to get connected to that as a provider because that's what you want to use in all of your copy and your content to let your clients know these are the results that we're creating rather than you get four calls. It's like people don't care about that. They want to know who they're going to be at the end of working with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's good to take a step back and realize that. So this idea of tribe, this idea of community has come up in a few of our conversations. Lauren, I'm thinking about when we spoke to Bronte about her Instagram strategy. And she said community is her secret weapon. Emily, you'd probably say community or tribe, developing that, nurturing that is the secret weapon. Can you tell us some ways to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely. And I think more and more now because online world, which you can absolutely build community in this online world. Obviously, there's so many ways for us to actually stay connected. And I think the biggest thing is really focusing on relationships. Relationships in general are the biggest way for us to create anything in our life. And that's what community is all about, but making sure that we're really putting, building relationships and staying connected with people as a really important part of our life and business. But one of the big things is, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, is like, it's not about you, right? So when you're building a tribe or a community, it's like, what is that mission? What is that core center point that's like bringing people together that isn't about you? Because you will still be at the center point of a community that you're building, obviously, because you're building it. But it's like, what is the common reason that you're building people together? Why are you bringing people together? What is that core connection piece for people to be a part of that community and making that mission something obviously bigger than you, something that people can connect to, something that's motivating for people and inspiring. And also it's making sure that that community is connected together. So like kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, making sure people inside of that community are actually connecting. So if you're building community, like are you facilitating connection between your clients? Are you facilitating connection between people you know? When you start to be a center point to connect other people, just simply because you want great people to be connected and to know each other, you know, it ends up building this amazing community of people around you as well, because who doesn't love being around people that are connecting them with great people and looking out for them and making sure that they build other relationships. Like that's a really valuable um, thing to do. So making sure that you are doing that um, makes you a center point for lots of other connections as well. So I would say, yeah, making sure it's not about you, making sure you're making sure people are connected. I would also say when you can, if you're really trying to build a community around like a business and not just even a business, but anytime you can, taking it offline, I think it's super important as well. Like people are craving that in-person connection even more and more. And there's just so much value in person events and person meetups that they can be small, you know, but it really creates that connection that runs really deep and makes it very loyal and just beautiful because people love it. And I think that that's really, really valuable as well. Yeah, that's super interesting. I'm noticing just in general this kind of retreat back to the way things were before technology took over, (laughs) which I know sounds like weird and old fogey of me to say, but like doing things in person and having conversation Uh and putting your phone down for a second to truly engage. Yeah. You know, there's lots of examples that actually continue to come up where it's People are like, but wait, let's just think about how we used to do this before, you know, we were buried yep. in our phones. <laughs> well, 
there's a lot to do and it is overwhelming, particularly for people who are starting from scratch. They feel like they're supposed to be pulled in 5,000 directions and it's hard to decide which direction to go. You're very good about pick a direction and go and own it and rock it and be consistent and show up and do what you set out to do. End of story, simple. How do you prioritize what gets your attention because there's only so many hours in the day? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think it changes the moment I moved to LA. So I'm like settling in and transitioning different things and figuring out my plan for the year. So it's like figuring all of that out. But I feel like for me, and you know, I'm I'm exploring a lot more this year in terms of what I want to do. So for me, what's now shifted is, okay, going to events or going to conferences or meeting new people. Like that has a higher priority for me because I know that that's something that I'm exploring. So whereas Last year, for example, I was building team and setting up systems for the business. So like that was a high priority. That was something I knew that the business needed before it could keep growing. So that was a priority to get all of that sorted, to invest in that, to focus on that. So I think it's like really being tuned into what stage you're at and what really is asking your attention. You know, like if you're really just getting things off the ground, making sure you're building community around you because having amazing people around you that support you is going to be crucial for you, like your success making sure you have like a mentor or someone to help support you so that you can, you know, get some of the answers to your questions. You know, for example, I spoke with somebody yesterday who has an earlier stage business but is investing all this money in marketing teams and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, that's not really what you should be doing right now. That's not the stage that you're at to be focusing on that. So I think making sure you have people around that you can ask for support to actually help you know what your priorities are. Sometimes we need help with that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But really, I think staying tuned into like, where your focus is. And like, if you're growing, your priority is going to be investing a lot of time and energy into meeting people, building your business, making connections, saying yes to opportunities, like maybe speaking for free, doing things like that to just keep building. And then later on, it might be like, okay, saying no to certain things because your business is built a little bit and you now need to be more discerning so you can focus on building the business and different things like that. So I think it's really just knowing what stage you're in and seeing what's being asked of you from that stage. Beautiful. Yeah, it does make sense. You've given us a lot in like half an hour. Hello. <laughs> like so many things for people to think about. My nose is so congested right now. Oh my God. Kind of so is mine. And I hear your <laughs> voice and I think, oh my God, mine is on its way. But we've survived. Oh, we've no. done it. All three of us with a cold, we've survived. Just like that. Not only survive, but you've actually given people a lot to think about, not just starting out, but like at any stage in their business, take action. Stop thinking, start doing, Phil Palin and the rest of you. (laughs) I'm glad. I hope that it resonated. Yeah, for sure. How can people connect with you and see what you're up to and all of that jazz? Yeah, sure. So consciousboss.com is my website. It's like consciousboss will pretty much where where I am. And consciousboss on Instagram. Obviously, like you mentioned, I'm on Instagram a lot. So that's a pretty good way to keep up with anything that's going on, any events that are happening or anything like that. That's the best place or send me a message and connect. That's also where like I've got um, freebies you can download and everything is all on my Instagram. So it's kind of like replace the website. Apparently the website is dying. That's one of the things I heard recently. So that's very interesting. So Instagram is the new hub, which is kind of wild, but that's a good spot to find me. Yeah, that's a good point because I think maybe less people are looking at your website and making more decisions on your other properties, but it's the exercise of creating a website that actually positions you to communicate yourself, not just on your website, but in your entire business. 
Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can not have a website. If you're a business online, like I think you still need a beautiful home and website. Like I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to hear that statement and be like, oh, I don't need a website. I still genuinely yeah. definitely think you do. You can't function a business off of I agree with you because it's almost like the process of creating a website is actually more valuable than the end product that you get from it. It's the process that uh-huh. helps you. Yeah. So that's interesting. Well, thank you for such a great chat. I hope that you start to feel better. And now people know where to connect with you. And just thank you for this great info. And we look forward to keeping in touch with you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful for both of you. We good? We're good. A lot of good info there. Wow. Thanks, Em. She's very knowledgeable. She is. She's knowledgeable and she's passionate. And I'm telling you, this woman takes action. It's really inspiring for me. She's like, publish it. Even if there's a typo, you can fix it later. Get it up. Like, who cares if your lighting's not good? Who cares if the connection isn't perfect? Just do it. Do I know it's funny? She teased me because I said, please come on the podcast as a guest. And I have recorded two podcast episodes with her before that I've never published because I never finished those projects because it wasn't perfect. And I'm so happy she didn't bring that up. She could have, because it's true. She said, okay, but if I'm going to be on this one, then you have to publish it. Oh my God. And so I said to her, I said, Lauren is involved with this one. So you don't, don't you worry. There's a, there's an established workflow that we have to follow. (laughs) So, but it's funny, right? You build a system that You build the sandbox, you play within that sandbox without the borders, without the perimeter. You don't really know what to do or where where to go, right? And so that is kind of the art of figuring out what are the rules I can make for myself? How can I create within those? But don't let perfection paralyze you from creating. That's the balance. Yeah. So let's talk about what Emily talked about today. So first is creating a mission. Now this, maybe this isn't surprising to a lot of people, but I don't know. It was a real light bulb moment for me. I don't know about for you. Well, tell me the moment. What's the moment? Well, the moment was that she was saying like, um, if you don't have a mission, you can't build a tribe. You need to stand for something and not just sell. You need to like represent something bigger than your group. And that made a lot of sense to me. And it actually made me think a lot about like the work that we do, you know? Yeah. and Don't you think? Well, yeah. I think that also... If we were to take everything that we set on client calls or situations where we're communicating to someone what's important for them to do this effectively, I almost wish we could just take all of that and dump it into a machine that spits back what we say the most. Yeah. And I would say what we say the most is, well, I know what I say. Branding isn't about making things look pretty. It's a business opportunity. It's a business strategy that when used effectively can manifest your goals end of story, or recreating the in-person experience, all of these things. Like that's our call. I think that's our mission is to help people achieve consistency between what makes them great in real life and just creating that experience online. So people get a sense of who they are, why they're great. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. And then next she talked about build, like not only building the tribe, but also keeping that tribe satisfied and not feeling guilty for putting a price on what you're offering, which is, it's a bit easier for me, but it's, it's pricing is, is not as easy for you because you often have 
closer relationships with the people we're selling to. That's right. But I loved, like, I loved how Emily was thinking not just about the value of the lesson in the moment, but like the long-term value someone would get from hearing her lessons in the programs. It's pretty fascinating. Really good. You and I tend to think about the shorter term type stuff, like how long it takes. How long it takes. Exactly. How long is the video? What are the different ways people engage? But actually, for example, I had a conversation at lunch today about how we set up our business and how we keep it efficient using Asana, using Slack, and using EverHour. And we are so used to that. I mean, you're a big part of designing this workflow a year ago, but someone was like, oh my God, you've got it all figured out. And it's like, yeah, we do. That in itself could be a course teaching people how we've done that for ourselves. We take it for granted. But actually, we would we could package that and sell it, not based on the number of videos, the length of the videos, but instead on the value, the ability for that piece of something to change that person's life. And I think it would or change their business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, a five-minute lesson has the ability to transform someone's income completely if the, if that it would be a very valuable five minutes. And so it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just a different way of looking at things. And I really appreciate it. It's a fresh perspective. And I honestly just love her perspective on a lot of things. And that's why she was on the show. And we hope that you found it useful, right? But we'd love to hear what you think. What did Emily say or what thought did she spark for you that's going to have you taking action on it? Let us know. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. We're hashtag brand therapy. Hey, ya. Also, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. Five star, preferably in iTunes. That helps other people discover this podcast. And we'll be back again soon with a brand new episode. We hope you'd enjoy this one. We hope you enjoy other ones. And we have a lot of fun doing this. So we'll be back with more new branding challenges and experts. Sound good? We'll see you back next episode right here on Brand Therapy. Thank you for hanging out with us. See you next time. And next week on Brand Therapy, here's what you can expect. We're two women who share a lot of the same views, but we're also different in a lot of ways. We are giving people sort of real-world information and talking about real-world topics. We're doing it bluntly, boldly. We're really uncensored. 